following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. music you know the show you listen to rail of sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters and i'll tell you what matters to me is that my man lebron james is about to do his thing again yeah you saw it you know you saw the game don't hate the player don't hate the game just love everybody <laughs> no time to be hating anything you see some great basketball by a great basketball player and, and great basketball players you know, everybody, uh, shout out to Doc, man. Let me start this show off right and give my respect to one of the greatest basketball players. You know, I don't come on now. The conversation, you know, you play the game based upon the way the game is played at the time, and, and you play it to compete and to find an edge to allow you to be better than those you're competing against. And so I think if Doc was playing today, he might expand his game a little bit more and add a little bit more to his repertoire. But Julius Irving is the man responsible for there being a Michael Jordan and a LeBron James and a Kobe Bryant. Now, Kobe don't want to give Mike much. Kobe won't give Mike much respect at all. Kobe always wanted to be Kobe. He didn't want to be, you know, somebody who was, you know, like somebody else. Kobe won his own identity. So Kobe never took the time out to really embrace Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, after all, was his was his peer for a long time, you know. Uh, Michael didn't have very many peers, but Kobe was kind of like his peer, maybe an understudy, but it wasn't time for, Michael wasn't ready to pass the baton to Kobe. It would have been premature. It wasn't time for Michael to pass it to Kobe. You know, when Mike came in, it was time for the baton to be passed from Doc to Mike. When Mike came in, you know, I remember it, you know, when Mike was there, even for a minute, when, when, when AI came onto the scene and AI wanted to, you know, he wanted to bring Mike up top, you know, set him up, cross him over and, and boom. And he did it, you know. So, you know, but I think the baton passing from Mike to Kobe would have been a little bit easier and would have happened. We would have known it would have happened had Kobe embraced it in that way. Doc got a chance to travel the entire NBA, you know, trail and, and his and, and people paid respect to him. And those great players paid respect to him in a way of which they acknowledge, Doc, we're here because of you. We, we tried to emulate your game and it got us to this point, And thank you. And, and Michael embraced that. But Michael didn't get that same type of send off. And he didn't hand that baton over to Kobe 
because they were still in a competitive spirit with each other. And, 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 and Michael to this day still hasn't, you know, he don't want to pass the baton off. Mike doesn't even want us to acknowledge the fact that, you know, he's done because now Kobe's about ready to retire and, and he, the baton was never handed to him. Mike almost feels like he's still playing because people continue to compare him and Kobe with one another. So Mike's very competitive. That never happened. But I want to talk about the doc, Julius Dr. J. Irving. Man, when you would go to the Sixers game, it was nothing like it. Just everything they said last night in, in that special on NBA TV, if you missed it, it was all true. It was an event, and each game was an event. You know how many games they play a year? It was, each one of them was an event when Doc played. You, you had to go see Doc. You know, it was one of those things that, that you put on your bucket list for a lifetime if you were in that generation that you had. I don't care how much it cost. It was like going to a Super Bowl. One game, you had to see Dr. J play. The man could fly. There's no doubt about it. The R. Kelly song wasn't about Michael Jordan. It was about Dr. J. I believe he could fly. I saw him. I promise you. How do you, if you have to pick a word, jump is, you know, jump is usually up, straight up. But when you go from point A to point B, see, most of the time when you go, when you jump up, you come back down. So it's like you didn't, you didn't go anywhere. You didn't, you didn't go. What did you do? Okay, so you, there was some height. So we'll measure your height. But when you go from A to B and it's that way, it's not up. But it's that way. That's flying. And then when you spread your arms out and your wings out and your hair fly back, that's flying. And then when you go past somebody, it's like a bird. It's like, come on, man. Doc was flying in the air with a basketball. And it was just a thing of beauty, something we never seen ever before. Never. And then so then after that, then people start taking a little bit of Doc's, you know, repertoire and put added it to their package. And we got, you know, those who came after him, David Thompson, you know, we, we got those who could just, you know, who, who could just jump out the gym, you know, Kim Olajuwon, you know. I mean, you, you, you just got people who just, you know, because of Michael Jordan and Dr. J, Doc passed it to Mike, Mike passed it forward to Kobe and LeBron. But Dr. J, thank you, Julius Irving. Listen, Doc just raised the bar that whatever the profession you were in, he just raised the bar in terms of what was perceived to be greatness. So, you know, so you can't be a basketball player, but the level of greatness has been, the bar has been raised because when it's raised in, 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 in one particular industry, it's raised in all industries. And he just raised it. Oh, man. And he took sport. He took so... He took, listen, before Doc ever had a shoe, nobody had shoes. They were Chuck Taylors. I was saying they Dr. J's, leather. They went from canvas to leather with a star on the side, a star. And if you saw, I, ain't, I have never in my life, I started to say I ain't, I ain't never in my life seen people on buildings lined up to see somebody play. Didn't happen. Never before. Never again will it happen. But I tell you, I got some other stuff to talk about it. You know, I need to talk about it because I, I put it out there on Facebook. And by the way, if anybody wants to call 888-346-9144, we got a lively discussion we're going to have today. I'm going to get a little bit. Shout out to my man, Mo Cheeks, too. Mo, listen, Mo should have been coaching. Mo Cheeks don't need to be no assistant coach for nobody. 
Shout out to you, Mo Detroit. I'm going to see you there in Detroit. As a matter of fact, I might be getting a call a little bit later here. Curtis may be calling me. I'm going to be headed out to Detroit. They got what they call sound mind, sound body. It's a camp. It's an instructional camp for young men in the heart of Detroit, Michigan. A lot of excellent athletes up there, too. But this is the whole development of the player that we're interested in. And so I'm going to go up there. I'm going to share a little wisdom with them, too. But they don't need me. They got some great players that's going to be there. Uh, but we're going to talk about that a little bit. And they, uh, Tim Tebow is back in the news. Can you believe this? Tim Tebow is back in the news. He on, He's on a team. We're going to get to that, too. But first of all, child, please. Chad, come on. Now, you had to have seen it. You had to have heard about it. And me, like everybody else, when I first heard about what happened to Chad Johnson, Chad Uchocinco, I thought that Chad was stupid enough. Because I'm going to call that. If you if you'd did what I thought you did, we're going to keep it real. Don't worry about it. If you would have actually patted a woman on her behind in the courtroom, they should have threw you under the judge. And I thought that Chad's attorney was a female attorney and the judge witnessed him slap her on the behind. And how dare you in my courtroom and we up here about domestic dispute. And obviously you don't have an amount of respect for a woman I think you should have. And I just decided I'm going to let you get, you know, the probation violation. We're going to deal with that. Uh, it's, that's OK. We're going to you know, keep on going forward. But did you just that? But listen, it was this, it was a man. The attorney was a man. And that listen, and the only reason why I'm saying, you know, maybe they, you know, come on now, let's keep it real. We're in the United States, we're in the United America today, the world today. And so maybe it could be, you know, it, it could be viewed as, you know, mm, that, that's not even right to slap a man on his behind him. But we do that in football. This man is a football player. I always said, listen. You can do what you want to do. You can be what you want to be. And, and I can even go for that. You know, I didn't hit somebody on there behind a couple times myself, but it, I didn't get any enjoyment out of it. So I've always said if somebody got a different persuasion in terms of the way they like to go, I don't want them in the locker room slapping me on my behind. Don't do that. Acknowledge what you, you know, if I know what you do, don't do it. No, bro, you can't do that. This was, this, was, this was like a gesture of celebration. We won. No different when you're in the courtroom and there's some people who feel like, Okay, we 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 lost or we won. We won. They embraced. They screamed. They hollered. The judge said, "Okay, quiet, quiet order in the court." I got a call on them. Maybe, maybe a caller can help me figure this one out because I can't figure this out. I just don't think that the punishment. Caller, can you identify yourself by first name and just say hello and welcome to the show? I am Ray Ellis on Ray Ellis Sports. Hey, it's Brad Ray. Hey, Thanks for having me. Hey, Brad, how are you, man? Good. I thought there was somebody else they had before you, but here, Brad. I, I first of all uh, want uh, you all to know that this is not just Brad. This is uh, Brad, of course, is uh, Brad Shear. Uh, you have a blog out there, am I correct, Brad? Can I can I talk about that a little bit about a blog that you have? Sure, feel free to do so, Ray. Thanks. Yeah, uh, Brad has a, a a blog out there that you certainly can. Uh, if you just uh, would search for uh, Bradley Shear Law, I, I believe you will also find uh, access to his uh, blog in there. But certainly, uh, Brad is a man of opinion, uh, and an opinion of which nowadays we all get to express because of digital media. And because of digital media, I was able to get a little deeper perspective of what Chad was being accused for because I went on the Internet and I searched it. And then I saw I saw it played out. And then, of course, I saw it this morning on first take. Now, 
Brett, I understand you being uh, a, a man of, of the law as an attorney, a practicing attorney. Uh, I want to get it from your perspective. And I'm just a layman. I probably will have a different opinion and a different uh, a perspective. Um, what Chad did, uh, many people at first thought it was uh, his, his attorney, his counsel was a female. And, and many people took great offense to it. And in and, and, and a court of public opinion, before we ever got a chance to see it, we heard about it first, and we were, we were livid because we thought it was a female attorney that was his defending attorney, and they were in the courtroom, of course, and we, we knew that the judge, regardless if it was a judge, a man or a woman, witnessed it and, and thought that Chad just wasn't serious about it, and that was disrespectful because you're here because of you violated a woman anyway. And we thought that he had violated a woman in, again in the courtroom, but it turns out that it was not it, that it was a guy. His defense attorney was a guy, and that the judge was a female. And and some people feel as if, like myself, feel as if you know, she took offense to the fact that I, I just think you're trying to show me up in my courtroom. You know, this is this is some you've got people in my courtroom laughing about. They, they weren't laughing about his, the, the defense that he won and got over, but the laughter, just period. I guess there's courtrooms are no place for laughter. I don't. I haven't. I've been in the courtroom maybe a couple times in my life, but my goodness, you got to help us understand this from a layman's perspective, Brad. It was what first of all, if you know, when he was actually taken into custody. Obviously, she she rescinded the agreement that she had made with him. Did she now charge him with something that was he would have to serve 30 days for for the pat on the behind? Is is there a charge? Is that uh, harassment? Is that sexual harassment? What I mean, what would he be charged for because he touched somebody on the backside in a courtroom and it caused laughter? Does that call for 30 days? And if so, what's that charge? Well, I think we have to take a bigger picture perspective on this and take a look at it from um, not only from the layman's perspective, but also from the judge's perspective and a lawyer's perspective. I mean, if you take a look at the situation, of course, what you said before, the initial reports, it sounded like that he may have uh, slapped a, a female attorney on the behind. But once you start taking a look at it, when you found out it was um, he had a male attorney and he slapped her, and then you take a look at the video and you see, you see that, it sounds as though he's being respectful to the judge. He quickly basically says something to the, along the lines he wasn't trying to disrespect the judge. But the problem, I think, from a bigger picture perspective is that he shows up in court, and I don't believe he was wearing a suit. If you go to court, you really should be wearing a suit. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a defendant, um, whether you're a lawyer, or whether you're um, – uh, in a civil litigation, you should always dress your best. You should be wearing your Sunday best whenever you go into court. And so right off the bat, the judge was probably already um, taken aback that um, Chad didn't show up in so-called proper courtroom attire. And and so right right from the beginning, I mean, it was something along the lines where the judge may have felt disrespected. And then you, you combine that with um, him possibly um, with him to, um, hitting behind of his um, his defense counsel, and then that unwittingly ended up um, creating some laughter in the courtroom. I mean, I took a look at the video, and right off the bat, it doesn't see, seem or appear that um, Chad is trying to disrespect the judge with his actions. 
But um, it really comes down to, I think, if, if I was defense counsel, I would have said to Chad already from the start, make sure you show up to court in a suit. I don't care what anyone else says. Wear your Sunday best. Um, so right off the bat, I really think that um, that might have been something that was going against him, was that he didn't show up in proper courtroom attire. So you combine that with um, actions that obviously it was entirely up to him to um, slap the behind of his defense counsel, and obviously it appeared that he was just doing it as, hey, thanks, you did a good job, not in any type of disrespectful manner. And, uh, I mean, I think that, in my opinion, I think the judge may have re- overreacted because, um, uh, I mean, if you take a look at the context, he wasn't doing it to get a, to get a um, um, laughter out of the courtroom. And he wasn't doing it, in my opinion, to respect the judge. He was doing it to say, hey, look, I got um, a second chance. Thank God that um, um, it's not any worse than what it could have been. Um, let's move on. But the judge took it in a different manner. So that's why whenever you go into a situation, you always have to make sure that you obviously act in the proper manner that the, um, the situation um, should um, expect. So if you go in the court, besides saying yes or no, sir, dress the part and do not make any type of gestures or, or, or do any activities that could be perceived rightly or wrongly in a negative light. So so it, it sounds to me from what I hear, from what you just said, again, we're, we're uh, on the phone with Brad Shear. Uh, you can check him out at Brad Shear Law. Uh, just Google that and he'll come up. As I said, he has a nice blog and uh, touches on a lot of issues as it relates to uh, uh, social media. Uh, but it appears to me, Brad, that obviously you're at the mercy of the court when you, when you walk in there and, and, and appearances. Uh, and again, and a lot of people try to do this. You know, you try to they'll say, wow, look at this guy today. He's all dressed up in a suit, but he wasn't in the suit when he was beating up on those kids or, you know, doing whatever he was doing. So obviously, uh, I guess, as you said, he wasn't in the proper attire, obviously did not have on his Sunday's best. So when he walked into the courtroom, the judge right there perhaps maybe took offense to that. And, uh, you know, if nothing else, you don't have a tie on, you know, you got an open shirt on. So, so I can see that. Uh, but it appeared that if the, if the judge was upset about that, couldn't that have been very easily addressed in the ruling that she made on the fact that he, you know, he was in violation of the probation, but because it appears to me that he was in violation of the probate. They, that could have been more justifiably accepted by the public. Again, this is the, the court of public opinion uh, could have been accepted for the violation of that as opposed to something like this, because, again, it appeared to me when I saw this, uh, you know, my public opinion was like you said, I think the judge went a little bit too far, but it's the judge's discretion. How much room does a judge have in terms of discretion? And again, I don't think you got a chance to answer what what was that charge? Because again, the judge has the discretion to charge somebody for something, and then what's the minimum or maximum that she could charge them for that? Because it seems to me 30 days is a long time for a pat on the back. And Ray, I agree with you 100%. 30 days is an awfully long time for a pat on the back, but problem here is that when you take a look at the entire situation as a whole, um, judges generally have a lot, have, have wide discretion on these issues, and it's and the judge has the discretion to um, to basically say, look, this um, plea deal does not work in the interest of justice, um, therefore I'm going to sentence um, 
the defendant to X, Y, Z amount of time. Um, or and I'm, need to go I'm, back to the drill. Brad, I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm glad you said that because they went through that exercise and she was okay with that. Right. They, they, she was okay with that plea. She, 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 in fact, I think she, it, it was the ruling that we're going to accept this plea. And then I think the question was, was she, was he happy with his, uh, the representation of his, his attorney, his defense attorney. And, and he was so much so that he got a little excited and, you know, yes, I, you know, and so that's what I'm, I'm saying is that's the question is her discretion. Then once she's, I'm going to rescind that agreement. I'm not going to accept that. In fact, I'm going to do this. But what is this? What, what, I mean, what did he do that was the, is there an actual is there an actual law that says if you pat somebody on the backside in a courtroom that a judge can sentence you to 30 days? Is that is that a law? As far as I know, in his jurisdiction or most jurisdictions, um, there's a there's a wide latitude on, on what the um, what the judge can do. I mean, I don't I personally don't know of any law that specifically states um, um to that effect, but um, it, it, it's perceived as not proper courtroom decorum, and and that's the whole thing you have to look at it. If you're taking a look at it from um, legal perspective, it's not if something is not proper courtroom decorum. I mean, a judge has the latitude to um, hold someone in contempt or, or put someone in jail for a certain period of time. Obviously, um, that this is a, in my opinion, this was an overreaction, but um, the judge had a certain opinion. And um, unfortunately, um, Chad was a little too exuberant in his um, in his celebration, and, and the exuberance I think got the best of them. I mean, it's possible if if enough people come out and um, voice their displeasure. I mean, stranger things have happened. If enough people voice their displeasure, um, it's possible the judge might eventually reduce the sentence to thirty days. Well, I, I'm glad um, you said that because I, I think. Let, let me just let me just draw uh, an analogy here, if you could. Let, let's say if this was not Chad and it was just the, the average person, but it was a kid who, like me, many adults, I'm 54 years old, were tired of seeing young men with their pants down. I think the song was, you know, put your pants up or pull your pants up or something what it was, you know, but there was a song that was made online uh, very humorously, but, but saying we don't want to see your underwear, pull your pants up. And there's some cities that have actually adopted a law, and I don't know what it is, but it, it addresses, you know, with your pants sagging. And if you, mm-hmm. you could be cited, a ticket for as much as 50 bucks, or, you know, I don't know if you could be actually put in jail, but if you're cited, now if you don't respond and pay your 50 bucks, I'm sure you could end up in prison. You talk about courtroom decorum. I think that was the word you used. But if, right. he, if he came in with his pants sagging and his underwear showing, I could say I could see where court and, and this was somebody who'd been in court and, and and the judge just felt that this was disrespecting my courtroom to come in here dressed like that with your pants sagging. I could see a lot of people applauding something like that. They they would say because we're tired of it. We're, we're tired of it. But but in this particular case, with Chad, what he did, and and again, we don't ever want to be held captive to the government, you know, and, and right. so, so we want to know, cause there are people out here that, who actually, you know, I heard Stephen A. Smith say this morning that, you know, he has to admit that he's been in the courtroom a couple of times for speeding tickets, but most of us don't spend a lot of time in the courtroom. So, so we don't know what the ethics of the court is in terms of what the, the expectations of the decorum or whatever, what's appropriate attire. Most of the time we'd assume that a certain tie, you know, overdress instead of underdress would be the appropriate way to go.
but it wasn't the attire. But are there other things as it relates? Because this show, we're real in sports, but I always tell people, when you talk about athletes, you got to talk about their life in totality. And obviously, this is a part of a young man who is an athlete, his, his life. Because Chad is not a criminal. What he did, his wife, I am not for that. I'm totally against that 100%. I got a wife. It'd be 30 years it's pretty soon. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, and, and, and my mom in heaven and my sister. So I'm not for that abuse of, of women, that abuse of women at all. Uh, but but this man, other than that, he, he this is like he, he's not been a real person who's been troubled or been a, a trouble to the law or in trouble with the law. So I would even think that, you know, Chad might even get, you know, a, a little. Mm, I, I guess he's already he was given a courteous, you know, slip, you know, pink slip, the, you know, just to go. the You know, when he was there, the lady was going to let him go. But in terms of going into a courtroom, what are some things that a person needs to be mindful of when you go into court? You talked about the fact that they should wear the right type of clothes, uh, you know, come in your Sunday best. Uh, I mean, is it wrong for somebody to, if the person that you're there to support, uh, can you celebrate, like, say, cheer, yay, or clap, or holler, or high five, or something like that? Can you actually be taken into contempt of court and, and sentenced in jail for for overreacting to something that's said or done in the courtroom? It's possible. That's why you have to make sure when you go, when you're in a courtroom setting, you have to, my, my best piece of advice, obviously, is to um, say as little as possible. I mean, obviously, if, if something goes the way that you want to go, if, if for example, you're, you're found not guilty, that's a whole other ballgame, and you can jump up and down. But if the judge hasn't, um, I guess, officially um ruled, I mean, because it looked like the judge was almost finished, but not quite finished, the judge still had some, still had the ability and leeway to um, to do what she did. I mean, I personally feel that it really was an overreaction, and, and if it wasn't uh, Chad, who was a defendant, and there wasn't cameras in the courtroom, it, it's highly possible that this may have been a different um, different outcome, and I think that's something that really should be discussed, because it, it it appears that maybe just because it was Chad and, and he was a high-profile former professional athlete and this was a semi-high-profile case, that, um, that the judge may have um, done something, i.e. slapped him with this. I don't want to use the term slap because that's a very poor um, use of words for this situation, <laughs> but um, gave him um, 30 days in jail for, for something that in general is perceived as... Um, it's just a, it's a thank you on the football field, but in the courtroom, um, it angered the judge. And so I really think that um, that people should continue talking about this because this is something that, in my opinion, is very important because um, young people, when they come to court, they really need to understand that inside of a courtroom, things may be different from what they're used to. And if, and if they don't um, adhere to proper courtroom procedures and decorum and and um, and dress properly and um, do everything they can to um, try to um, tell the truth and, and be respectful of the judicial process and system, things like this may happen. And, and it's unfortunate, but um, th- this is something that, in my opinion, really needs to be further discussed and, and talked about because I just don't feel that um, what, um, what he did deserves 30 days in jail because there was no malice or intent to anger the judge or, or mock the process. It was just, in my opinion, a, a show of exuberance and happiness that um, 
this thing is over with. And unfortunately, the judge, um, the peers took it the wrong way, and hopefully she will um, reverse course and maybe um, decide, you know what, I made a mistake, and um, I think uh, Chad should be let out um, early. But it's, it's too soon to speculate whether or not that will happen. Uh, let me ask you something. Um, you mentioned the fact that Chad possibly could be let out early. Would, would the judge have to go back and readjust the ruling or the sentence and, and say, I'm going to reduce the sentence? Is this something that you can appeal, something like that? Because, again, I guess he's been held contempt of court. I haven't read what that ruling is. But what, what would the process be? Would, would his attorneys have to, uh, we want to appeal the 30-day sentence, or, or what would they have to do in a, in a situation like that? Well, I'm not exactly familiar with um, that jurisdiction's um, rules of um, rules and courtroom procedures, but in general, um, you have to follow the proper paperwork, um, and it's highly possible that the judge may reverse her order, um, and if so, then he could be let out early, um, and or maybe there's some type of appeals process that um, that his lawyer can go through in that jurisdiction, but. Um, it just comes down to every jurisdiction has slightly different court rules. So it's something that um, I guess we'll soon find out in the next couple of days what what um, may be done and, and what the process might be. But I really think that, um, in my opinion, something will be done because I just don't see him spending 30 days in jail for um, for backslapping his, um, his defense attorney in, in a move that was what um, most people, at least on the football field, um, feel was just a just an act of um, happiness that, hey, look, thank you for your help. Um, now I can move on my life where, and unfortunately, it had the exact reverse um, effect where, okay, well, instead of it being able to move on with this life, now I'm in another, um, another pile of trouble that um, I have to figure out a way to um, move, move on from. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, uh, what we're going to do is is we're going to take a break. And uh, I've got my good friend Guy Troop on the line. Guy, of course, uh, spends a lot of time, and I mean a lot of time, working with players. And one aspect of the life that's like, very important and relevant to what we're talking about now is, is player development, and particularly, you know, helping that player off the football field. And I think Chad has got himself in, in a situation where what he's done off the football field has cost him at least – uh, 30 days. But as you said, Brad, on the football field, it's accepted. In the courtroom, it's not. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Looks like the courtroom is not necessarily a football field. You're listening to Ray Ellis on Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm going to take a break and we'll be right back. Maybe Brad will come back with us. We have Brad and Guy, but Brad may have to leave us. But thank you if you do. But if not, talk to Brad on the other side. Hey, thanks, Ray. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What it matters is to me, at least. Last night I saw the doctor, Dr. J, one of my all-time favorite heroes, a man who inspired me. Listen, when somebody inspires you to do something, you don't have to do what they do. They just inspire you to do something. And this man, of course, inspired me to one day to try to be the best basketball player I possibly could. I couldn't do that. I wasn't that good. Uh, but I certainly, when I stepped on the basketball court, I, I tried to emulate Doc a little bit. You know, couldn't get quite that vertical that Doc had. And uh, But the man was an outstanding man. And, and I agree with Magic, you know, that he certainly was first class in everything that he did and everything he continues to do. Uh, the young man today, certainly, if you don't know the history, uh, Google. <laughs> Google Dr. J and check out some of those videos. And, and I would imagine that the NBA TV would, would keep that piece re- available, readily available, if, if not on the network, someplace online. And I watched it twice last night. My wife went out to walk, came back and asked, were you watching it again? Yes, I'm watching it again. I'm going to watch it again tonight. I might watch it the next day. <laughs> but Dr. J, des- he deserves that. And we appreciate it, Doc. We certainly do. And, uh, uh, I got some good friends on the phone with me right now. I got, uh, we just got finished. Again, I want to thank Brad Shear. Uh, you could uh, check him out, probably BradShearLaw.com. Uh, uh, Brad also has a blog out there. Um, very relevant in social media. Uh, Brad believes that we all have a rights to our own uh, social media and the rights to say what we want to say. He believes in the First Amendment and, uh, and, and the ability to use what social media, you know, not to bully anybody, but. Uh, to enjoy it, what it's meant to be, to enjoy and, and communicate with other people and, and talk a little bit about a product or whatever. But whatever your rights are that you have as a human being, Brad is one of those guys that will fight for you. So um, 
we're not going to fight right now. We're going to talk a little bit. Um, I don't know if I want to necessarily move away from it. I think I want to stay a little bit if I could, because I got guy troop on the line with me. A guy's just the kind of person that it's important to him. What happens to young men on and off the field and the court and the diamond, all those things. He's into personal development. He's into helping people be young athletes, be better people. And it looks like one of us got ourselves into um, a spider web that we just can't get out. And that's Chad Ochocinco. And, Guy, if you don't mind, I just, again, got True from True 21. Uh, he's been a friend of Voice America and, and, and an excellent mentor to so many NFL players, NBA players. Uh, Guy, when you heard this about Chad, how did that make you feel when you first heard about the fact that uh, he was going to spend 30 days because I don't know if it's an assault or I don't know if it was a courtroom um, uh, misdemeanor. I don't know if it was a contempt of court, but he obviously uh, did something that was outside the lines of what's appropriate in a courtroom. And it's cost him 30 days of his life behind bars. What did you feel when you first heard that? Well, well what, I, what I felt is, is that it's a sad culmination to the career uh, and the public uh, attention that Chad Ochocinco Johnson is receiving. Uh, just a few days prior, he was on ESPN First Take with Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless making a plea to the NFL to give him a shot for his his final swan song as a receiver in the National Football League. And the interview started out very positive um, and then it, it sort of deteriorated when the journalist challenged Chad's ability to play and whether or not a team should give him an opportunity. So in that space, as well as what I witnessed uh, on ESPN regarding the sentencing, you know, I, I would just summarize it in this way. Uh, I believe that uh, we are all responsible for our behaviors and, and oftentimes systems are not fair, uh, but there, we always, uh, in, in, in most instances, are protected by the law, uh, and we can use it for or against us. And, and in this case, the judge with the power decided uh, that he was in contempt or whatever the ruling was, and so he has to be held accountable for his behavior. Now, I've, I've met Chad on occasion. He's actually attended the player networking event. Uh, I've talked to him, and I know coaches that recruited him to college, and some of the coaches that coached him. So there's a, there's a, there is, and I and I love athletes. I'm in the business of helping helping athletes, but there is a, you know, chicken chickens coming home to roost theme here, in that the behavior that Chad has consistently displayed has been uh, self promotion, if you will, and. In this case, the self-promotion came to bite him in the butt. Well, it's ironic how you was finishing like that because it's, that's exactly it. It's uh, the butt that got him in trouble. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna move on because I, I just want to make sure that I give the amount of time and respect to another gentleman who has joined us on the phone. And I'm gonna pray for Chad because you know he's in the fraternity of players guy, and I always am rooting for those that they would be winners and certainly not lose time and. Uh, and wasted time, and uh, I, I think that what that plea that Chad was making on ESPN has come to a very sad finale, and that is uh, he will not be returning to the National Football League. So the way Chad did not want his career to end, uh, it took even a deeper 
turn to the worst uh, for the worst uh, in the way that it it finally did end. So uh, Curtis Blackwell, a man who is uh, doing an outstanding job uh, and I in that state of Michigan. I can't believe I said that, but doing an outstanding job uh, with young men up in the state of Michigan. Uh, Curtis Blackwell is uh, the owner and founder of Lifting As We Climb. It's a, a nonprofit, uh, and they have a camp uh, in Detroit, Sound Mind, Sound Body Football Academy, which is brought to you by Adidas. And me being from Canton, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken, at least when I was growing up, Adidas meant all day I dream about sports. Now, I may have changed, but that's what Adidas means to me, and it must mean a lot to you, Curtis, because they're helping you help some young men. Curtis, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show today. I appreciate it. Well, I certainly appreciate it, man. Lifting as we climb. Talk to me about lifting as we climb. Man, it's it's it's, it's a great name uh, for an organization. Uh, talk to us a little bit about lifting as we climb. Lifting as we climb was founded uh, Ray nine years ago, and it was exactly what it meant. Lift as we climb. As at the age of like 24 years old, fresh out of Hampton University, me and my college classmates decided. To we could do something in spite of our relative young age to help out in our respective communities of Detroit and Washington, D.C. And um, we felt that even though we not seasoned and well-established in our professional careers, there's something small that we can do. And we started off with a small camp of about 100 students in, um, in Detroit at a high school and in a sense has blossomed into a program that touches over 1,000 youth a year in two or three different markets across the country based upon helping young people be better off the field so that they are not in situations like you were alluding to earlier where off-the-field antics or distractions take away from your abilities. And we felt that Sound Mind, Sound Body was the name of our program because we knew for a fact that it was not athleticism that would prevent our young people in inner cities across America from, you know, going to college. It was the things they do in the classroom or off the field or in their communities. And so well, that's what we've been doing for nine years, and we've been, you know, having a lot of fun seeing a lot of young people across the country benefit from this vehicle that we have created. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting, the title, you know, Lifting As We Climb, the title of, the, uh, the, I'm sorry, the name of the organization, and then we talk about a sound mind and a sound body. Many times when I talk to a guy who does a tremendous job in providing support to uh, to student athletes, uh, he, he he always talks about the, the chicken or the egg, you know, which comes first. In your attempt in trying to help young people uh, become better citizens of, of the world, sound mind, sound body, which one do you deal with first or do you deal with them both at the same time? Do you deal with the mind first or do you deal with the body first? That's right, sound mind, which is synonymous with a student athlete. Without those things, high school students cannot matriculate on to college. And so we emphasize that, and that's the reason why our, our program is not even entitled CAMP. It's entitled Sound Mind, Sound Body Football Academy. Uh, we want it to be something that emphasizes academics first. And actually, Ray, at our program, if you look at our look at our programming, it's an equal amount of time spent off the field as well as on the field. So we don't spend... 20 minutes in the classroom and the rest is on the field. No, it's three hours on the field, three hours in the classroom, so that the students understand the student part of the game. And in an inner city or a high school student, you know, they don't understand that whole meeting and classroom part of what it takes to be a student athlete. They just think 
watching ESPN and college game day, that all they got to do is go line up and they'll be good. And so we really try our best to emphasize that so that they can get a real, real indication of what they need to be preparing themselves for because they all want to go to college. They just don't understand what it takes. Well, listen, I certainly appreciate the fact that you've taken that approach because one who's been there and done that, I certainly know that you will have to put probably more time uh, the mental aspect of not only just being a, uh, an athlete, but certainly being a student, uh, you're going to put a whole lot more time using your mind between those two ears uh, than you are that body. Listen, we have to take a break. We're going to come back. Guy, I hope, is still with us. And we got with us Curtis Blackwell, lifting as we climb. <laughs> sound mind, sound body, football academy. Not football camp, football academy. Brought to you by Adidas. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, we're back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. It matters I'm still supporting my man, my fraternity brother, in terms of the fraternity of football, Chad Uchocinco. Chad, we're praying for you, man. Just stay strong. Everything going to be all right. And, and you're going to be a member of this very positive fraternity of former football players, man. And you, you've got a platform. You know, I had uh, shout out to Darren Gray. I had Darren on the show with me a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about the Jersey effect. Some people use that jersey for different things. There are people out there like Darren who use that uh, jersey to profess their love for their good Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, Chad, you can use that jersey to profess whatever it is that you would like to agenda. You have 
uh, but you're still a decent young man and you still have a future ahead of you. So stay strong. So let me go back. I got my good friend, uh, my fraternity brother of Omega Psi Phi, and that is Curtis Blackwell. And Curtis is, of course, the founder and uh, CEO and president of Lifting As We Climb. Sound Mind, Sound Body is their football academy. And it's brought to you by Adidas. And, and one thing about it, I believe this is my personal perspective. Uh, and I want to have Curtis and, and Guy kind of elaborate on that. And that is if you use that mind right, if you use your mind, your mind will tell you to take care of your body. And if you take care of your body and you got a sound mind, you might have an opportunity one day to play on the big screen. But in order to do that, you need some people to instruct you in such a way that you're doing all the right things. Because I think sometimes somewhere players are compromised and, and the agenda of a few is about what you do on the field and they make exceptions to the rules and let you get away with stuff. But you got to have a sound mind and a sound body. And that attracts the eyeballs of some very influential people who may come into your area. And I think some of those people are coming to the city of Detroit, Michigan to help you accomplish some of the things that you're trying to do. So Curtis, could you talk a little bit about this football academy and who will participate in some of the instructions that you will give these young men? Yeah, Ray, we, uh, you know, since we started this program over nine years ago, over 500 of the students that have participated in this, uh, this program have gotten division one or division two college scholarships. So it's make, it makes it one of the highest-profile events in America. But what makes it unique is that the college coaches have obviously uh, realized that the talent pool is here. And so this year we will have our largest contingency of, of college coaches at the program. We will have over 200 college coaches, over 20 head coaches. We have six coaches, head coaches rather, from the Big Ten attending the program and serving as instructors. And their main emphasis is really on how to make these young men better on and off the field. Um, they're coming to instruct, not evaluate, but they're coming because they know that these young men have the potential to be the best they can be in the college level. And so we have Brady Hope from Michigan, Mark D'Antonio from Michigan State, Urban Meyer from Ohio State, Coach Kill. Can you say that again? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, sir. Did you say something? There was somebody from, from Scarlet and Grant. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so disrespectful. I don't mean to be so disrespectful. But, but please, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, the school down south, Ohio State, <laughs> Coach Urban Meyer. All right. Hey, well, Guy, yeah. I, guy I, I certainly, you know, these people are coming in to instruct, uh, but, but somebody who's interested in human capital and the development of players, uh, I'm sure that there must be some room in there for you to also integrate some of the aspects of the player development that you believe in. Will you be contributing to this uh, academy as well? Yeah, I met the uh, founders of uh, Lifting As We Climb. Uh, well, I met Kurt. He was an intern at the NCAA, and uh, he circled back with me when the, the, the group got together, and they've They've utilized me as a trusted advisor and allowed me the opportunity to help structure uh, the sound mind curriculum. We have a talented staff that stays with us, a uh, former college basketball athlete and military guy, uh, Professor Dunn. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on Dunn's first name. Uh, Raphael Johnson is a, a reformed felon that is doing great work in the Detroit community. He he won Steve Harvey, Harvey's Hoodie Award, and he's 
I think he may even be running for political office in Detroit Metro. He he helps us with a sort of a scared straight approach, but it's straight talk. He was a talented high school player that 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 committed murder and lost a great portion of his adult life. Uh, Lim Barney, uh, accomplished uh, NFL player, doing great things in Detroit, is gonna gonna be a part of the the staff. Uh, the entire Detroit Lions rookie class will do a, sort of an autograph session and a panel discussion, giving the young men uh, their perspective on what they need to know. Uh, and I could go on and on. Kevin Bickerson, the active player with the Broncos, is is from Detroit Metro and is going to do, you know, really put his stamp on this camp as an active player. And uh, what, what we're really trying to do is, as Curtis said earlier, emulate a day in the life, a week in the life of what it will take. So there's chalk talks where these coaches are teaching in the classroom. There's on-the-field instruction. There's activities. And then we have, you know, a robust curriculum that deals with the sound mind portion. The NCAA will be there. Uh, and and I, want, I want Curtis and I to give a little bit of, of, of uh thought to this emerging challenge in sports, and that's the health and wellness of athletes in football, a collision sport, a contact sport. There's a lot uh, in the space now about uh, the liability of respective organizations uh, and, and how dangerous football may or may not be. Uh, we're trying to be proactive uh, and get players uh, as much information as possible about health and safety how you tackle, how you how you protect yourself. We have a, a doctor from uh, Philadelphia, Dr. Edward Williams, that's going to speak to a, his concussion protocol and some ways that uh, athletes can can be safe uh, as they participate in the sport of football. Curtis, you, you may have some other to add uh, with regard to that in the campus in general. Hey, Curtis, we got two more minutes, so uh, whatever you have to say, I, I, I don't mean to rush you, but I want to make sure that you get it in within those two minutes. Now, I just want to say that this year is, probably, is the biggest camp that we've ever done. We'll have over 800 high school student-athletes from all across America, from as far as Buffalo, New York, to uh, California and, and north as uh Canada and South is Florida, and we have over 120 students that have Division One scholarship offers at the camp. So it will definitely be, uh, you know, one of the largest gatherings of talent for high school football players. And it's the only time that you will see, the only time that you will see BCS college coaches on the same field at the same time working with high school students. You will never see that anywhere else in America right now this year or anywhere else where you'll see over 200 college coaches working with the top talent and helping them to understand that sound mind comes before a sound body and that academics and life in the community is more important than you being a great athlete on the field. Hey, Curtis, I certainly appreciate that. uh, I want to make sure we, we talk about other committed parties. I mentioned the NCAA, Guy, uh, you got uh, about thirty seconds. Yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the U.S. Army, who supported the event, and of course, Adidas uh, has been a staunch supporter of Curtis's vision uh, to change the plight of youth in America. Well, thank you so much, guys. Hey, it's, it's been a great show. I said, guys, but certainly one of the per- people on the phone, the individuals on the phone, is Guy Troop from Troop Twenty One, 
who does an outstanding players, uh, I mean, assertive supporting players uh, in their transition of the game at all levels. And certainly I want to thank uh, Curtis Blackwell. He is the president and founder of Lifting As We Climb. Uh, they do have uh, an academy of which uh, young men will be participating in Sound Mind, Sound Body Football Academy brought to you by Adidas. And those dates of the camp, and Curtis, real quickly, is it the camp is full? I assume there's nobody, no room yeah. for anybody else. It's sold out. Okay, and and that, but those days where camp will uh, take place, and where will it be in case a couple fans want to stop in and look at the future? Perhaps maybe NCAA players and 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 perhaps maybe NFL players. Where might they find your camp uh, being functioning and up and running? June thirteenth through the fifteenth at Southfield High School, um, and it will be uh, lifting as we climb. Lifting as we climb dot com for more information on location, camp schedule, and all the pertinent information in terms of the camp details. And let me ask and you. Any sponsors that want to make a donation to the charitable organization, we'd love to. We'd love your support. And is, there, is this going to be open to the public for their viewing uh, experiences? Yes. Okay, yes, so you're going, to, you're going to see some good ball players out there, and uh, hopefully they'll get the right instructions and they'll take a trip down south someplace and have a good time. But thank you so much. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I got to go, so I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America.